Jackson properly. This is probably going to be the loudest podcast I've ever done. Do you see what I did there? I see what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> I see what you just said. It really is. It's going to be exciting. And I hope everyone is like, you know, psyched and amped for this. The first, time, the first time I met you, the first time I met you was in 2013. And yes. the first thought I had was this lady is full of energy. She's a breath oh. of fresh air. Um, there's just something substantially different. She's not your typical Jobo girl. Tell me about Mpositola that people don't know. I'm actually shy. Um, if there's one thing that people don't know about me, crabs, <laughs> is that I'm actually um, pretty shy. Um, it's, and like I've, I've been asked this question like, okay, so you say you're shy, um, but you're confident, you're out there, you're loud. And it's like, hey, I'm like, you're shy. Okay. <laughs> you know, there's just some, sometimes you, you, you know, you just have to bring yourself towards yourself mm. and really just, you know, dial it down a bit. You know, self-introspection is very important. So um, if there's one thing everyone doesn't know about me is that I'm shy and that sometimes I have to be like, okay, let's go. And I'm on go again. But yeah. So are you yeah, type, that's are you, one thing. I'm, so would you say you're type, the type of person that um when you know somebody you know there's like a lot of people claim they're introverts but they're not really introverts and then when they you know when they're in somebody's space then that introvert is even more louder than the extrovert you know talks more than the extrovert so are you that type of person once you get to know somebody then you're the sense of attention yes i know <laughs> i'm a gemini so i'm a little okay. bit complicated <laughs> but yes and no i can okay. meet someone and be like and hit it off straight off the bat like me and you i feel like when we first met yeah it just clicked. you know we just clicked no um, I, I didn't click or, with you i didn't click with you i asked you, you for i asked you, i actually asked you where you got that coolie china snapback i'll never forget i was like where do you get that coolie china hat? and you're like nah nigga you're too short bro don't 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 talk to me and i was like, okay. lying okay. i did not I like, okay that. okay you didn't say that but this i'm paraphrasing the story. you're lying lie. no you're lying <laughs> I feel like we clicked the first time we met because Nagiliko VC and we're chilling on the benches. Remember that Meridian hour we used to have? Yes. We used to go benching. And I feel we chilled together for that whole hour. That was my first meeting with you. Now I get But if you want to carry on telling that story, you can. No, I think I I think I shouldn't. I think I shouldn't. I'm here to talk Fine. about loud. I'm here to talk about louder productions, and I think that's more important than a, than yes. an argument yes. seven, eight years ago. Yeah. Uh, this is going to be the loudest yeah. podcast. The louder productions <laughs> um, is 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 this entirely you? Um, how does this work? Is it a totally independent venture? How did it come about? Yeah. Um, I've seen some of your footage. I'm obviously excited about yeah. the documentary we're going to be talking about later, but yeah. some are louder productions yeah. because a lot of productions, there's a lot of production companies today. And I would imagine it's a very competitive right. space. Um, but with mm-hmm. you, uh, you, you don't just tap everywhere in any way. I think you're very specific yeah. as to what you touch on. So this is what louder productions, mm-hmm. how did it come about? Why on earth would you create something called Brother productions? <laughs> okay. So the name louder, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the name Lauda uh, was given to me 
by a dance crew called Clinch. Mm-hmm. Yo, I don't know if you guys can remember Clinch, but um, I used to dance for a crew called Clinch. Hi, Magnoli, if you're listening to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of like trickled down to every other part of my life. So my friends found out that, no, my name is louder. Like when I was on stage, people called me louder. Uh, my teachers then started calling me louder. Then my family started calling me louder. So it's just a name that I inherited, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's when I got to Varsity, um, Boston Media House, where we at. Um, and I was studying radio and television. I was doing a double major. Um, and But then I ended up taking television because, I mean, hello. Um, and I decided, actually, let me open my own company because... Um, I don't know if people know this, but when you are in uh, college and you do something like television or radio, you actually have to go out and find work, right? Um, as part of one of your modules, you need to go out and find work. And I found it very difficult to tap yeah. into like production houses because it's either they're busy with other stuff or they just might easy. And they know that kids are going to come at the, at a certain time and look for jobs. But obviously, no one can take everyone in. The whole industry can't take every single student in. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So I was like, okay, I'm going to be different. I'm going to start my own production house. And I'm going to hire myself. And this is what I'm going to submit, right? Um, and I did. So what I, how I started this was find out how you register a company. So that's what I did. And while I was doing that, um, there's a friend of mine, Lelo, who was a graphic designer. And I'm like, girl, I need a logo um, for my new business. And she designed it for me. Um, and it's the logo that I use today. So this that's how Louder Productions was born. Okay. My first work was um, a theater piece. It didn't go um, into theater, but I was in talks with the market theater at the time. And I was telling a story about a family from Swaziland, which I can't disclose too much, but um, <laughs> um, that's the project that I was working on. And I had held editions, um, I had written the script, I put a team together. So that's how it started. That's how a lot of productions was born. Okay, and so I think this was like for sorry, for, years ago. yeah, just sorry for cutting you short. When you talk about yeah. getting people on convincing people that yeah. this is the right production company that's surely that's yeah. probably a lot yeah. of work because i mean one can't just say hey listen i've got an independent production company and this is what yeah. we are willing we this is what we can do how do you convince people because mm-hmm. in many ways that means your brand as a production company mm-hmm. has to be quite strong so how do you go about yeah. you know convincing the right people um on hopping on and you know making sure that this yeah. is the right production company Okay, so fortunately for me, um, I surround myself with amazing people. Yeah. Um, and by that, I mean my friends. So my friends are very support. We're very supportive of one another. So it is very easy for me um, to talk to my friends, the people that I worked with, the people that I did group projects with. It was very easy for me to go to them and be like, guys, this is my project, my passion project. This is what I'm doing. Um, and I, I was very strategic. I would assign a role based on someone's strength, right? Um, because we can all like gauge Hore. Let's say, for instance, I'm good at admin, but I'm not good at 
uh, being on time. Ne? So I, ma- I made sure that I assigned different tasks to different people according to what I know they were great at. And I'll go to them and be very, very transparent and very honest. So I would disclose, Bona, there is no money for this, right? I'm doing this out of my pocket, but I need you for this. And if you have the time um, to do this with me, I'd love you to be a part of it. Um, I was lucky enough to have people who are understanding. And I feel like when you have something um, amazing and if you're passionate about something, people will jump on. It's, it's, I know I'm making it sound very easy right now, but it's my reality. This is how I started this whole thing. Well, I can imagine um, yeah. that that kind of speaks to your circle, um, a circle yeah. that is confident in what you're doing and they kind of see the value in your production company. Mm-hmm. Mm, that's how I started, man. That's how I started. He started from the bottom. <laughs> now we're here. <laughs> you 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 it's, it's it's funny because you know convincing people to come on um and you know mm-hmm. using your brand and saying listen you because you talk about strengths but also talk about penetrating yeah. penetrating in the market is a different thing um especially for an yeah. independent venture a lot of people are trying to get into big platforms like netflix like bet mm-hmm. and all these huge production companies but i can imagine how competitive it is how how yeah. hard do you find it um, just generally, I won't even talk about louder production. How 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 hard do you find it for an independent black woman to penetrate into the into these huge platforms? It's insane. Yeah. Um, right now, um, what I'm the documentary that we're going to be talking about, um, just getting that on is is you not tiring, but it's kind of like I have to watch who I engage with and how I do that Mm. because um, there are gatekeepers. There are such things as as gatekeepers. And as a black woman, um, you know, you hear these stories about um, to get where where. So you try to avoid those kind of relationships. So you try to avoid engaging um, with people who you think um, are going to expose you to that kind of, thing or that kind of method so how, how often does, how often do you think that happens like you know people sleeping their way up to the top do you think it's, it's a, Yo, you think that's the common narrative or just every yeah, now and then it is the common narrative no i think it is the common narrative i feel like if they think they can get something for, from you and they want to get something from you in that manner they will it's deplorable so um yeah so you have to be a shock you really have to be a shocker. This is one of the reasons why um, I take my time in creating things that I want to put out there. Or I take my time understanding, okay, I want this project to be here. How long is this going to take? Um, and as a result, even working on my documentary, it's taken longer than expected because I'm trying to, number one, keep my morals. I'm trying to, number two, um, make sure that my cast and crew are comfortable with how we move because it's not just my reputation and my company's reputation and what I'm trying to put out. It's also how I re- represent my team um, and what we are trying to do and the message we're trying to put out. So I don't want to release something so amazing, but then when you dig deep and you uncover the files, mm. something you understand what I'm saying, things like that always come up, especially in our industry. So I am trying to make sure that I keep it very clean. So 
if I have to start again, um, I will. Have you ever been into that point where men try to take advantage of you? They know that, okay, yeah. um, she's, a pretty black, she's a pretty black female. Um, yes. For her to climb onto the top, she needs to climb onto my lap. Yes, I have. I have yeah. many times. Um, and I've worked um, in the production industry for quite some time. I've done live shows. I've directed, I've produced um, series. I've, I've, I've done my homework, guys. <laughs> I've actually done my schoolwork. I've done agency work. Um, and, you know, it's, you, oh, it's even difficult to talk about right now because you have to, you know, take you, you're taking me back. But yes, I have been placed and put in that um, situation. I'm going to let you do this piece or I know you want to do this. So if you do this, trust and believe this, I got this for you. Um, it's just I, maybe it's how I was raised or just the, the backbone that I have. And I can't just take this on by myself. Like I have a really strong foundation in terms of like my family, especially my brother. Um He's taught me a lot. He doesn't say much, but he teaches me a lot through his actions. And I've, um, maybe that's why I'm a bit of a tomboy as well. But I've just <laughs> always told myself I'm not going to do that because I, I have this funny thing that it will bite you in the ass one day. It will. It like even though it may not be your fault at that point, you need to make a decision about what it is you're going to do and what you're not going to do. You have to teach people how to treat you, especially in our industry. You know. Um, and I just want to be that 1% or 5% who does it right, no matter how 5%. long it takes me. I just. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I, I think a, a part yeah. of me, a part of me feels that we don't talk enough about how um, mm-hmm. gatekeepers take advantage of younger people to yeah. either, you know, sleep with them or do something, or just exploit them in many ways yeah. for them and to get into. Sorry to cut you. It's not just sleeping with someone or, you know, it's also in, let's say you have an idea. And this has happened so many times. Mm. You have an idea. Um, you go to a big production house. You pitch your idea. And then, no, it's not going to, you know, this doesn't resonate with what we're trying to do. Or, you know, what, um, come back maybe after a year or two, maybe we can, you know, do something. And then you find that that very concept, that's oh been taken. God. Oh my God. Remixed and then, you know, produced. Um, I know a lot of people have been exposed to that, you know. Um, and when you're new in the industry, you know, no one tells you, Wala NDA, send that out. Let them sign that, you know, protect yourself. Have a paper trail of what you're doing. So when you do meet these people, um, they know who the hell they're dealing with because um, most young people think, when I approach a brand or when I approach um, a big production, um, I need them. You have something special as well, you know, so carry that with you too. And I feel like that's what I do. And um, I'm not going to sit here and act like, you know, I got it all under control. No, it's hard. Um, you have to know yourself. You have to talk to yourself. You have to talk to your team. You all have to be aligned and know that, listen, what you are doing, what you are doing has a purpose. You know, you need to just drive that 
and believe in yourself. So when you do approach these brands, we all want money. We all need money. We all want that backing. But if it doesn't align with your purpose, or if it doesn't align with what you want to do, start again. The, the importance of intellectual property, um, I think it's just not spoken enough about. I think that's what you're trying to say. And yep. you don't just see it in just like productions and music and everywhere, in any, many industries, people don't understand what they can do. They don't understand their policies. They don't understand the, yeah. the importance of owning something. Um, if I had to hear that somebody's creating a, another brains behind media, I'm throwing a 500,000 rand, <laughs> another 500,000 exactly. rands. So on any, any yeah. other podcast, guys, if you say brains behind media, just know there's another 500. <laughs> there's another 500. And I'll help you, man. You will help I'll me. Help you, mate. Vice there. versa. I'm there with you. <laughs> and that is and that is the importance. No, too hard. Exactly. And that is the importance uh-huh. of intellectual property. I think people don't um I wouldn't say value it, but don't really acknowledge the importance of it. And they don't anything. it's the culture of our industry. It's the culture it's of the industry. Culture, how we treat one another. They yeah. there's I feel like it has to start with us. If I respect your platform like I am right now, Karabo, you're going to respect mine, yeah. right? Um, it, it starts there. If we can just respect one another and understand that um, one doesn't outweigh the other. We are trying to do different things, okay? And if it sings one song, even better. Um, but our industry just has a culture of not understanding Hore. Um it will work. Yeah. It will work. It's about trusting one another and holding one another accountable for the things that we have to do. You know, and I'm speaking to my black brothers and sisters now, is that we have this crap mentality of um, if um, it dims your light. It doesn't. It doesn't. I don't know how many times I've posted um, my friends' businesses or Mang Mang doing something amazing. I don't know how many times I've done that. It has never dimmed my light. Do you get what I'm saying? But we need yeah. to get into the habit of supporting one another and understanding that collaborations do carry weight. Um, so if we can create our own subculture, yeah, the entertainment industry, and I'm talking music, I'm talking a- anything, anything entertainment. Um but we have to hold one another accountable. We have to, we have to, we have to. And just in addition to that, I've always seen it in a way that if I put somebody on or vice versa, um, it doesn't dim my light. If anything, it furthers my light because now I have a, I have a broader view as to what to do, what not to do. And I've learned a few things from you. And like you said, I think it's just a, it's an, it's an unfortunate um, mentality, especially in like within, you know, just within us black people, because we have so much potential and we just try to keep it to ourselves and we never make it to another step because we feel that, okay, this person is going to take my idea and they're going to run with it. The reality is, even if you do run with my idea, you can't run very far because you don't know what to do with that idea. You see, yes. so that's a conversation. I'm happy you brought that up because um, there's a lot of gatekeepers. Um, I remember I was having a conversation yeah. with somebody about radio and I said, um, yeah. this is whole, this is whole conversation about radio where now, you know, presents the p- people who are employed are merely people with a large f- social media following, or if you are like a public figure, but don't really know how mm-hmm. to run, don't know how to run the content on radio. 
And mm. so you think that person will bring the numbers, but it doesn't really translate to listenership. Now, going wow. back to you, I could understand because now you have, you're in a situation where you have gatekeepers who merely mm. want to employ you. Unless I, I would imagine, if, even if you're just an actor, mm. thinking that you're a great yeah. actor, but thinking just because you have a big name, it would, you know, translate mm. to a huge audience, which doesn't really happen. You know, so True. like you said, gatekeepers right now, I don't know if they understand how much power they have because not only can yeah. they employ people, but also they have the opportunity to, they have, they, they can, they are, they can upgrade an industry or be very detrimental to the industry. Do you agree? Exactly. Yes, I agree. 100%. Even people that work in like, I want to go behind the scenes. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not I'm not even trying to be funny but when you watch I'm going to speak about what I know now when you watch a show or if you watch an ad that was created or a music video ne everyone thinks the star of the show is the one making the show they are just a drop in the ocean and I'm not taking away from them I'm not I'm not um they do carry the show they do carry weight but what goes on behind the camera i'm talking about the producers the writers the dops the content creator batobao the graphic designers bona wardrobe makeup bona um there's a lot that brings that whole operation together the backbone the backbone that's what makes a good show because that will translate um otlabona lwen you you Obviously, you have f- your favorite shows for a reason. But yeah. look at um, Trevor Noah, for instance. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we know that he's amazing. I get he's from here. Raizu Horo'o amazing. He's very talented. He's good at what he does. But what carries him even more is the production behind him. They allow him. They have the tools to allow him to shine and make him great. Another example is Andele Mdota as well. Talented woman. Yeah. Talented, knows, reads, intelligent, knows what she wants. Um, and I also feel like she's very specific about what I do and what I don't do. Um, and that's why she is where she is today. Just just naming those two for me, it's like they have the tools and they have the team yeah. to create this person who is great. You know what I mean? Also, there's a part of me that also feels that we should also differentiate. And I, I think credit to, because again, I don't, want to peop, I don't want people to listen in and think, okay, because you have a huge following, now you're terrible at what you do. No, that's not what I'm saying. No, I, no, think, no, I, think, saying. I think also we need to say that, I, I think that there's a, there's a difference between being mm-hmm. a big, um, you know, being a big star and a, being a big talent. Yeah. Do you get what I'm trying to say? So go. you can be a big yeah. star on social media, but you can't really do the work. You can't trans. You can't translate yeah. your following into listenership or into your audience. Yeah. But you can be a yeah. big talent and still translate mm-hmm. those numbers. So that's exactly. where the conversation should also be, you know, spoken about. That mm-hmm. listen, I know that whoever I'm bringing to Louder Productions is capable. This is fine. She has a huge following. So what? Is she able to do the job? 
You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. So it doesn't mean yeah. I'm, we're not throwing shade at everybody that has a huge following. If anything, you should be yeah. proud of yourself. But yes. are you able congratulations. To, yeah. yeah, congratulations. But are you, <laughs> are you are you able to <laughs> translate? Are you able to translate <laughs> that audience? And I think that's another conversation. Yes. Because there are a lot of um um Instagram famous uh people, right? Yeah. Who have limo TikTok, limo um, YouTube that have started, you know, their channels and content producing, and you can just see Kuromoto, like they are raw. They know what they're doing. They know how to do it, um, and they're using the resources that they have. You know, those are the for me personally as a director producer, those are the type of people I'm trying to work with because. Um, when I give them the tools that they need to, you know, elevate their talent or what we're trying to produce together, it's unmatched. Well, I understand. Yeah. Then, then what um, we're so used to doing and going and getting someone who's already in the limelight, and there's nothing wrong with that, who's already in the limelight, who's already doing this um, and putting them on. I feel like that's the easy way out. I want, I want to play with the underdogs. I want to um, get dirty, you know. Mm-hmm. I I I get excited. Someone grow, you know. I have a friend, and I hope she doesn't mind me talking about her. Um, well, there's actually a few. Now that I've said a friend, oh, there's actually a few. Akona, Rotenda, uh, Rosemary. There's quite a few ladies that I know that have their own companies, right? That I, I'm working with. Um, and it's so beautiful to see a woman start from the bottom, you know, and work her way up. You, I, I get so excited. It excites me so much because I look at myself and I'm like, damn, like we're really doing it. Like me and these girls are really doing it. Like we yeah. are do, we eat. Yeah, it, it brings so much joy. Um, how how important how, like how important is it for black women to be behind the lens? Um, it's it's you know it's all fascinating and glamorous when yeah. you guys are in front of the the camera. But how important is it when you're behind the camera? Because in many ways you can push the narrative of you know a beautiful black woman, independent, you yeah. know. But how important is how important is it to you when you hear stories of yeah. black women who are behind their own production companies? who can control their own stories. How important is it to you? I it's so important because perspective is key, especially in our industry and the stories that we're trying to put out, right? So um, we all decode situations and what we go through differently as humans, naturally. That's how, what we do, right? Um, but having a woman behind the lens or having a woman write a piece or sing a piece for me, it, it really touches me because um, we've been silenced. They, they, sometimes I feel like we are silenced or we are allowed to do this, but not like this. We have to do it like this. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. there are rules in how women need to um, do certain things, you know? So when, I see women writing stories or producing stories or anything, anything a woman does for me, it's very important for it to be highlighted. That did this because we've been told so many times, no, 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 no. You know, um, 
so it is important it carries a lot of weight it maybe, adds value yeah maybe maybe let me let me just pick your brain here do you think yeah. you would like if a black woman or any woman per se yeah. would be behind the lens is are you mm-hmm. 100% guarantee the person would um narrate a fem a fe- a, a, no no listen <laughs> hear me out hear me out because i think it's a very important question that do you think okay, that if I a think... woman if a woman is behind the lens do you think yeah. the the idea that she's behind the lens it's highly likely or 100% chance that she will um narrate a feminist story do you think th- there's a high chance because do you know i i i i, I, I may yeah. be wrong but just because she mm-hmm. is a lady behind the lens, it doesn't really mean that, mm-hmm. you know, I, this is just my perspective. What do you feel? Do you feel yeah. that the feminist story is important, but also do you think the person is more likely to, and, yeah. and just enhance the yeah. idea of feminism rather? Um, it's very important that we do push that narrative. It is. It's something that we have to do, right? And I say have to do because um, there's a certain power that lies within that statement right um also when are we i want to just get it clear here um when we talk about a woman doing something and i'm gonna reel it in and take it right down to um cinematography right and a woman is telling a story about something it's not just about a woman saying something it's about purpose and what story she is trying to drive so it's not always going to be about feminism it's not always going to be about women standing together like I said um, in our industry everything is about perspective how you see it how you decode it how you Uh encode it so um, it depends on who's writing it depends on who's holding the camera it depends on who's producing it we all have different perspectives about um, stories and about lessons that we want to tell. For example, um, for the photo shoot I had for the girls for the documentary that I'm doing, um, her name is Boipelo. My photographer is Boipelo Kuno. Um, she's a woman. I specifically sourced Boipelo. Um, because I needed a woman's perspective on how to capture a woman. Because I felt like if I got um, a Cassie Waves or a Koda Jemba to do it, it was going to be through the eye of a man. And there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. But the story I'm trying to tell is so delicate that I needed it to be captured through the eye of a woman. Do you get what I'm saying? I get you. I get so, you. Yeah. So it's just about perspective and what you are trying to say, the story you are trying to tell. You have to be intentional about um, certain decisions that you make as a creative, you know, because they speak volumes about your work and who you are. Um, People take that for granted. Um, I take it very seriously. I want to know why you sourced Mang Mang. I want to know why say the story this way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, I'm the type of person that goes down to the very detail. Why did you shoot at that place? With who? Why did you use this? Why did you do that? You know, I'm I'm very specific about detail and why I do certain things. So it's about perspective, Manega. I never saw that. Man. Like I think that. I think you just painted the picture really clear. And 
Yeah. I, I think that's very important. Talking about women, um, mm-hmm. you have a very, very interesting documentary coming out. And I think you've been speaking about this. You've been telling me personally how important this is to you. Um, you've done quite a yes. few things, but this, this is like a Yo, big... I- <laughs> this is a huge make or break. This is a huge make or break in your in your just in your career and just as you it's like I feel like it's a stepping stone. Do you get them? You know, um, I don't know. Have you ever done a documentary before? I've never done a documentary before. Okay, so there's stepping stone number I've, one. I've done yes, I've never done a documentary before. And everything that I have produced and directed was always for someone. Or something, you know, um, or a collaboration. So it was never, I've never put out um, an independent piece like this before. So it's a first, a, a lot of firsts for me. Mm. Um, yeah, bringing this to Africa and hopefully the world. Yo, <laughs> yo, um, like I don't. <laughs> It, every time I read my treatment or I'm doing scene selection or I'm doing um, anything, anything that I have to do in order to, you know, get this thing, get this wheel going, talking to the girls, um, it just warms my heart. I just feel like this is something we need to talk about. Like, I really decode it. I'll Always tell you, talk about. Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you why I feel this is very important to me. Um, your previous work, I feel speaks to a broad audience. You're trying to talk to a lot of people at a, a, you know, at one time, this on the other hand, I feel that you're speaking to a certain person, you know, because when you do a documentary, it's not, you're not doing an ad, you're not doing something. You're literally trying to find a way to tap into somebody's emotions or somebody's heart, um, through people's Mm. stories. Um, and Mm -hmm. that's what I'm trying to say that for you to, and you spoke about perspective, You've been spoken about perspective. Yeah. That's been your theme throughout this whole entire podcast. Why? Oh yeah. There's, there's a for you to have this, you know, to make this huge leap to create this documentary. Mm. Um, it requires a lot of thought provoking. It requires a lot of um, thinking behind, you know, thinking out the box. Why on earth would you go mm. out this way? Why is this so important to you? Because I know you've been talking about the feminist story, but outside of that, why yeah. do you feel that? Listen. Um, I should be. I should break the monotony and go into do- into dockies. Why did you make that decision? Um, I made that decision purely based on how I see um, African people and how and how we've evolved and how we carry ourselves and one another. So um, this is something that I've carried with me for years, though. Like. Um, I don't know if you've ever been in a situation. No, you have actually. You've been in a situation where you experience something that doesn't sit well with you, whether you're in class, whether you're at home, just something that makes you feel like, Mara, why moto I can get this or, or why moto I Do you understand mm. what I'm saying? Like, yeah, something. It could be anything. It could be anything. Um, but w- what really like poked me was um how we you even talking about it just ah, gets me so overwhelmed um 
how are we growing as a black people, right? How do we really view ourselves? Um, what are we doing to elevate ourselves with everything that's going on today? Because there's a lot of, um, we celebrate one another a lot these days, you know, but I just wanted to reel it back in and decode how, how did this start and what are we actually going through as a people? Because I found that we are hurting and we're carrying that hurt every day. So I call it mini traumas that we carry every day as black people. And um, because we've spoken about everything else under the sun, like, oh, we were slaves. This is how history, this is where um, this is all come from. Um, I want to understand, like, take it down, like, down to the, the smallest, minute thing, like skin color. We've spoken about colorism, like hair, like features, like um, family bonds. Um, I'm taking it down, right down to the beginning so we can really uncover what it is we're dealing with. So it's almost like a therapy session. Um, but I want to ask people to look at yourself, like really look at yourself um, and ask yourself, are you okay? Because every day when you wake up as a black person, you are waking up with a mini trauma of some sort. It could be the color of your skin. It could be how you wear your hair. It can be how you speak. Um, it could be in anything. And the reason why I, I want to have this conversation again, because we've had it a million times, is because we haven't decoded it properly. And that's why mm. I feel like we haven't made much progress in terms of, okay, we know that this is happening. What are we doing about it? What is my solution for this? Yeah, You know what I'm saying? We've had a lot of people... Um, a lot of activists talk about this, tell us um, or advise us about what we should do or how we should feel. How do we really feel about it? What are we, what are we taking from that advice? What are we decoding? Um, and as a people collectively, like what is our way forward? How are we advancing? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, I have this little dream of building a, a black wall street where we, if Kibata, a doctor, I'm going to go to a black doctor. If Kibatla, a writer, I'm going to go to a black writer, you know, and I've started doing that with my friends. If I'm looking for a hair product, I've got a friend for that. If I'm looking for an illustrator, I've got a friend for that. That is if actually very, doctor, that. that is yeah. actually very, very quite, very important because, you know, yeah. this is how the Jewish people make it, you know, they, yep. they, they support one another in their, yep. you know, in their, in their respective ventures. And that's, I mean, yeah. if you go to a Jewish neighborhood, the entire block, every you find that yeah. they're not, if they're not related, they're strongly associated. So somebody, was, somebody, yeah. somebody own a salon. The next door is the bank. The next door is, I don't know, a, a, a yep. preschool. But they all know each other yeah. and they all support yeah. the Jewish community because they know that they need to support each other collectively. And we're not trying mm -hmm. to, and I think, I think what you're saying is not really, because I mean, a lot of people find it as, you're trying to isolate a certain group. You're trying to separate people. No, but if anything, you're trying, trying to, em to you're trying to empower your own people, mm -hmm. and you're trying to remind yeah. your people the importance of empowering one another, and yeah. which we fail dismally. To, you know, yeah. unfortunately, money needs to circulate seven times, Karab. 
money needs to circulate seven times in our community before it leaves our community. That's how mm. we're going to grow. Mm. And that's how um, our Jewish brothers and sisters and our Indian brothers and sisters do it. They understand the, the, the power of supporting one another. They'll never go and buy tissue from a black man or a white man. And it's, it's got nothing to do with racism. But it has everything to do with um, holding one another accountable and understanding that I'm not only building myself, I'm building my people. You know what I mean? And yeah. for us, that's a really important narrative because of where we come from. You know, I want to leave my children with something to look back on and say, okay, this is what our forefathers did, but this is yeah. what our parents did. You get I'm, what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm yeah. assuming I've you been, got- I, I have a friend, her name's Eden, and I've been to the events. Um, you should hear how they talk to one another, how they um, engage, how they update one another. It's like they're friends, but you got to get a big family meeting. You know what I mean? Mm. They actually have dinners around the table every night. Every night. They have dinners every night. They invite different families. They host um, family brides. Like, and when I say family brides, I mean the whole street is coming to that family bride. Because they just need to catch up. They need to network. They need to understand whose son is doing what. Oh, Mang Mang is getting married to Mang Mang. It's it's beautiful. It's beautiful to watch. That is so important. That is so yeah. important because you, you say, for, for, for one, it starts at home because you're uplifting everybody. But two, you're also just educating everybody in that same household why you should keep maintaining um, communicating mm. with one and ch- one with, you know because we we take that for granted you know we we may laugh about a horror more more tv room you know you're there in your bedroom but it has it, yeah. it plays such a, it plays such a an important role in your life mm-hmm. just it, it you know just that creates a disconnect yeah. and we don't even see it coming unintentionally or intentionally yeah. so it really does and um mm. i'm really happy you've up up um you know you've spoken about this i want to talk about your cost um yeah i know i don't want to ah! mention names i don't want to mention names i don't know if i'm allowed to but what you're thing, allowed to one thing i realized <laughs> it is it is woman um yes all women and, yes, all and going it's going back to messaging because we spoke about you know you speaking to somebody but i was assuming the mm. people you selected even though you may have a good relationship mm-hmm. with them should have different mm-hmm. messages um in a therapeutic form tell me about your cost yeah. Why do, you, why do you choose these specific people? And um, do they message different messages to the audience? Okay. So I picked nine girls okay. who are similar, very similar, but very different at the same time. So I picked girls that are black, different shades of black, um, and they all have dreadlocks. All of them. Okay. All of them have dreadlocks. <laughs> um, all of them are in different industries, are doing different things. So they are exposed to, you know, different ways of life. They are, when I say they are different, they are different in the sense that when ne you would think, ah, this is the same type of girl because of how they look. Um, but they are very different in the sense that um, 
as much as you think they might look alike or they might be clicky, um, they are in different industries. They are exposed to different um, mediums. Very, very basic. They all have different backgrounds, right? Mm-hmm. The only thing they have in common is their skin color, which is not even common because giddy shades are different and their hair. Um, and the reason why I picked black girls with dreadlocks is because there is a, a certain narrative I'm trying to, you know, carry, tell. There's an example in my cast. There's a point, there is a, a strong point about why I picked these girls specifically and why I want them to speak first. Um, because I know when I was creating this and I was writing it down, um, my producers um, and my creative director was like, when I, we are not discriminating, should we get someone with a fro or like a man? Or, and I said, no, um, not for this part, not for this part. It, this part has to be specific. There is a point I'm trying to drive with these women. Um, and I feel like they, the nine that I picked out of everyone else I could have picked, understand where this narrative is going. Um, also in the conversation that we're having, you'll, you'll see when it, when it airs and it comes out, um, the, the stories mold together. They sing together because they're very similar, but also in them being similar, the fact that they have different backgrounds makes it very different. So you can understand common ground more, right? Mm-hmm. But because one grew up and one grew up they are very different. The understanding of this is very different. Yeah. Um, that, that is that is quite cringe. cool. That is quite cool. I don't know. It's, it's, yeah. It reminds me of um, it reminds me of Squatter Camp. I know I'm trying to derail a bit, but mm-hmm. I remember Slick. I had a convers- had a conversation with Slicker here on on, and mm-hmm. he said that the 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 importance of Squatter Camp was not only because we're just rappers, but we all ve- yeah. we are very similar, but from different backgrounds. So we're bound to mm-hmm. tell you different stories, um, but we're still mm-hmm. trying to reach the same consensus, the see the same destination. Mm-hmm. And I found that quite profound. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's where we, I, well, that's where I wanted to start in creating this conversation is start where, start where you know, where it touches me. And this is where it touches me. Um, I'm just fortunate to have um, people like the girls that I have on Black Ribbon who want to be open and talk about you know, the mini traumas and what they're going through and how they're dealing with it, you know. Um, I feel like it's very important that we really decode what we are going through. It's the only way we're going to move forward as a people. So is this um, is, is this a long is this a long long documentary? Is this gonna be like docuseries? Docuseries. It's gonna be a uh-huh. 10 part docuseries, but okay. this is the first part of it. Why 10 yeah. parts if it's only nine people in your cast? Um, well, are so we allowed to disclose that? First, yes, we are. <laughs> the nine are for the first part. And the first part um, talks about spirituality, um, self-actualization. Um, yeah, 
spirituality and self-actualization. Okay. And also a bit of colorism here and there. Ne? Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like we needed to start there as a base. Um, and then I can only tell you the second and the third part. So um, no, I don't think you should self, shame, guys. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. I feel like after decoding self, um, we need to take it out. I get so yeah. after you, there's your family. So we're going to talk about um, like family bonds, family, the blended family, how they deal with one another, just anything black family related, positive and negative, right? Um, and after that, tribalism. So I want to start from the very beginning, understanding yourself, breaking that down, ne? elevating that, um, finding solutions for that taking it to the family, finding yourself and the solutions within that, taking it to your tribe. And then we'll decode and, you know, I'm playing. Um, <laughs> after that, you know, just expand the conversation. And it's not just going to be with the nine women. Um, the next part will, will be with different people. So I'm not leaving men out um, or anything like that. I just wanted to start with the nine women. Um, because women are incubators. We grow. After this, it's the next level. Um, you're really, you're really exploring and navigating yeah. African identity and roots, but also just the yeah. challenges we have, like tribalism. Yeah. Yes. Yes. issues, guys. And like, what hurts me is that we don't mm. want to talk. We want to sweep everything under the carpet and act like everything is fine. We we are or, fine. Or go to social. But we are not. Or go to social, or go media, to social media and belittle and belittle other people like you get paid for it. Yes. Why must you project like that? Mm. Why? You know. Let's all just reel it in. Let's come back down together and let's try talk about this honestly and really unpack. We always talk about these. This is not. Let me tell you something. What I'm doing is not, it's, it's never not been done before. It has. I just feel like we need to try it in another way. Because there's no, if, if I look at certain campaigns that I've seen, um, certain works that I've seen, I mean, and I'm not speaking down in anyone's work or um, the ideas or what they've done, but what is the solution? What, what has it driven us to? Yeah, yeah. What, has, what, what have we gotten out of it? You know what I mean? Um, and for me, I want people to carry this with them, understand what you are going through every day so that you can better yourself every day, every day. This is an everyday thing. It's not like a moment thing. Why, you know? bl- why Black Ribbon? Black Ribbon. Eh, <laughs> before, <laughs> before the documentary was named Black Ribbon, it was named Afaba. You, okay. I can't even remember the name, the abbreviation. Please, it was just too long. Okay, that's why. <laughs> this is why you have a team that tells you, listen, this name's not gonna work. Okay. You need to change this. You need to change this. Um, and I remember sitting at the loft, and I'm like, okay, the name Afaba is too long. Africans for Africa. I'm even forgetting it now. That's how like whack it was. Um. And I thought to myself, okay, what when when this comes out, what's going to be catchy? 
you know, I thought about that first naturally. And then I'm like, okay, but I'm not just, I give a lot of my cage. Yeah. I wanted to carry weight. I wanted to speak. I wanted to to sink in. Like when when it's when it comes out, I want you to to let it sink in. It and, and tie the knot. But yeah. Yes. Yeah. So black, because it's one of my favorite colors. And um, this is a documentary about black people. It's going to be a ten-part piece about my African brothers and sisters, not just South African, African. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know where this is going to go. We'll, we'll see after the third and the fourth um, part um, because Africans are all over the planet, but I really just want to speak to Africa. So black, I guess. Yes. And then ribbon. Um, my name is Umpo. I'm a gift. And uh-huh. one of my gifts to Africa is um, just being open, celebrating other people, bringing light. Um so ribbon we're tying it all together and also when you think about a ribbon you think about where do you put it you put it in a girl's hair or you put it around a present or um for me ribbons signify like happy moments happy times Mm -hmm. so black ribbon my gift to you my mpo to africa mpo setole aka chikanyani um thank you so much (laughs) 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 look no listen honestly thank you so much for breaking this down um this conversation was long overdue so i am i'm so excited i think i'm excited for you i'm excited for i think i think i think everybody needs to watch this um i think there's gonna be a lot of education behind it there's gonna be a lot of inspiration it's gonna be therapeutic um i like that you speak about the challenges within the african um, you know, mm. within the African community like tribalism, because I've been trying to tackle that for quite a long time. But if anything, I think this is very important. Um, you are an inspiration inspiration, just not to bl- to me even. So thank you. Thank you for bringing this out. I, I think you're definitely a game changer. And let's see how this works out. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank Thank you so much for having me. And like spending time with yeah. me to talk about this um okay. and to have a nice conversation about what we do and why we do it thank you so so much Garab. i really appreciate it